Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is AJ Vaden, one of your co-hosts today. And today is super sweet and special because I get to connect with an old friend, Nikki Nash. And I have to tell you guys this very quick story of Nikki could have so easily uh, reached out to me to uh, schedule this awesome interview today, but she got randomly pitched to me by some podcast company and they came in, they were, I'm like, Nikki Nash, I must, I must be talking about a different Nikki Nash. And then when it was the same Nikki, I was like, I just so you guys know, I know this woman and you should not get credit for this. <laughs> so, I am so grateful for this random organization who cold marketed me to pitch me on a good friend and an old client. So I am so excited to have Nikki on the show. But before I get her a formal introduction... I want everyone to know what we're talking about today and why you need to stick around. So this should be appealing to anyone and everyone who is listening. And this is not an episode you want to miss if you would like to grow your business. Because today, we're going to be talking about how do you double your business in the next 12 to 18 months. And if you are that visionary CEO or small business owner, like what are the core things, the key things that you should be doing to double your business? And then what are the five top must-haves that seven-figure business owners need to do, must do to double your business? So there's a theme here, which is growing and scaling your business. And how do you do that in a way that works for you? So if you fit in that category, stick around. You don't want to leave early. It's going to be awesome. Now, with that said, I will give you a quick formal introduction of the one and only Nikki Nash, and then we'll actually get to the interview. Nikki is a Hay House author. She's a best-selling author of the book, Market Your Genius which everyone should pick up and uh, give a whirl. She's also the host of a top-rated podcast bearing the same name, Market Your Genius. So buy the book, listen to the podcast. She's also a renowned expert in crafting marketing strategies with a unique focus on empowering fast-growing coaching and online companies. <clears throat> Most of you are in that category, so that's why I'm having her on the show today. But she also has a real specialty in helping drive a sustainable growth which is the most important thing. This isn't a go hard, you know, like do or die. We're going to do it at all costs and then you're going to burn out. So how do you do it in a way that works and that is sustainable for you? So without further ado, Nikki, welcome to our show. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited for you to get to share your genius with our audience. Let's start with the most compelling of all of these topics that you and I kind of went through. Because I think everyone would kind of like to know, how do you double your business in 12 to 18 months? So tell us, what are the secrets that we're all missing? How do we do this? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the super simple answer is to have a really crystal clear strategy and focus. But the reality is, is that there are a couple of ways to grow your business really quickly. 
And one of them is the obvious. It's like, bring on a bunch of new clients. That's what a lot of people think about. They're like, oh, I got to market and get new leads and get new clients. But people often forget about the magic of your existing clients and past clients. And that's honestly the fastest way to go because the probability of selling to an existing client is 60% higher than selling to a new client. So if you can think about your existing clients and there are kind of like three ways that they can help you, if they can buy more, right? Like if they're already in a program and you have them buy a VIP day or buy an additional course or a session or something, then that's bringing in more money pretty quickly. If you have them stay longer in your programming, then wow, okay, then that's having them spend more money with you over their lifetime. And the other piece that a lot of people don't think about is if they can get their current clients to refer them new clients, right? Because when they have clients coming in, it's just known that the referred clients end up staying longer and spending more money than clients that just come to you not from a referral. And so those are kind of the existing clients magic. And what I usually do when someone wants to double their business is we sit down, we do the math, and we look at, okay, which is most likely going to happen in that time frame? Is it, oh, you know, just dump more money on ads if you want to and bring in new clients? Or is it, can we really multiply the business through existing clients? And that tends for most people to be a lot faster. And cheaper. And cheaper. Oh my gosh. It just makes the money that you do spend on the front end or the time you spend on the front end have much higher ROI because it's like, oh, I brought this client in with my blood, sweat, tears, and money, but it's actually bringing in way more money than it did you know, last year or last month when you focus on really getting the most out of your existing clients. Yeah. So I'd love to talk about each of those because I think each of those categories are like standalone opportunities to really go. It's like, man, you could double your business with any one of these three categories that you kind of mentioned. So let's start with the first one with selling to your existing clients, right? Which means you have to have more than one product offering, one service offering. So for the people who are listening that are going, uh, I only offer this one thing, what do I do? What would you say is like a great starting place to go? You don't have to create a whole new business model to have new service offerings. So what would be a great place to go? All right, let's evaluate where you are and think about what is that next offering that you could bring in with, you know, the least amount of, you know, friction? Yeah. I mean, the easiest thing for me is to ask yourself, what are your clients really, really needing right now? Like, do you have a group of them that are all saying, man, you know, AJ, I love building out my focus and my personal brand, but I really could use some help with this TED talk or TEDx I have coming up and I've got to talk and you're, you already have these offers. You're like, ah, no worries. I'm going to bring a group of people together and teach them how to craft their talk, right? That could be something that you just add on because you know you have a bunch of clients that are having a similar pain point or asking for a similar request. And you can bring them together and just say, hey, on this day, come in person, come virtually. I'm going to show you how to do this thing, right? That's easy. If there's something you know your clients are struggling with that's naturally easy for you and you could bang it out in a few minutes do that, right? Like I'll give you an example for my business. A lot of clients come to me and say, Nikki, I know that I want to create content, but I just can't come up with ideas. I sit there by myself and I've got nothing. I sit and listen to people talk for five minutes and I have a million ideas for what content they should be posting online. And so I just literally offer time with clients to sit down and I interview them 
kind of like how we're doing right now, as if it were a podcast interview, ask them a ton of questions about their expertise. And I just let my brain go with ideas and I write them all down and then I give it to them in a nice templated document that's personalized for them. Here are your content prompts and your content ideas. Bam, that's just something additional. So really think, what do your clients need and what can you deliver easily, whether it's in a small group setting, a one-on-one setting, a done-for-you type of thing? That's honestly the easiest way to just add another offer in without blowing up your business model. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so funny that you bring this up because I think about so many of the clients that we get to interact with at Brand Builders Group and then also just friends who are in the industry like you of going, I think most of the time as a, you know, small to medium-sized business owner, we just overcomplicate it. Uh, we think, oh, well, we need this whole new course or we need this, you know, this new funnel to support. And it's like, no, you need like a PDF. That's all you need, right? You need like a PDF or you need an email that you can send to people saying, this is this one new thing that I'm offering. Would you like to participate? What would you say? Like, have you seen a lot of clients or even in yourself, like how much weight or how much value do you think it carries to actually just ask your clients? It's like, hey, I'm thinking about offering some new services. What would appeal to you? Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And not enough people do it because, and I get it. There's oftentimes when you're the business owner, this feeling or pressure that you have to have it together and know what you're offering and have everything mapped out perfectly before you speak to anybody about it. And honestly, the whole idea of just coming up with content prompts in an interview style happened because I sat down with a friend who was struggling with content. I said I could help her in five seconds, (laughs) not literally five seconds, but you get what I mean. I did it for her and she kept talking about how it's the most valuable thing she's ever received and how she looks at this piece of paper almost every day. Mm. And I'm sitting there like, really? And I just started asking people, hey, if I did something like this, would this be of value to you? And the number of people that said yes, because I struggle with it. And oftentimes business owners don't realize what a gift they have. Because for me, coming up with content ideas and content prompts I can do all day, every day, probably while I'm sleeping. So in my mind, I'm like, everybody can do that, but it's not even sort of true. And so really take the time, ask people, what is it that they need? What would be of huge value to them? And you never know what's going to come out of it. Yeah. It's like that old saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And it's like (laughs) one woman's genius is another woman's frustration. And it's like, we all have these unique geniuses within us that someone else is like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) It took me literally 10 minutes. I can't even believe I charged you for this, right? And it's like, so I, I love that of going, I mean, how many of us as business owners don't even pay attention to those little comments of like, this one thing changed my life because you take it for granted how easy it was for you to do. So like a big takeaway I kind of just wrote down is just as you're delivering your products and services, like pay attention to asking questions like, what was the most impactful thing that you received? Like, what did you love most about this program or this experience? And then try to duplicate that in a fashion for others. I love that. Right. And it's such a great reminder, Jet, just because it's easy for you does not mean it's easy for anyone else. And there is likely many people out there who would pay you to do the thing that you take for granted that you do for yourself. I love that. That's so good. 
All right. So the next category, retention, right? Yeah. So not having to replace your clients and not constantly find new ones has everything to do with, can you keep the ones you have? What do we need to know when it comes to retaining our customers? What do we need to be paying attention to? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I would say is to realize that you can retain your clients. I remember for myself, and I I laugh so hard when I look back and picture myself going through this, but I remember one of my first clients on a coaching call said to me, oh, Nikki, I know our sessions are coming to an end. And I just wanted to have a conversation with you about how we can keep working together. And I sat there and I'm like, you know what? I would love to do that. Why don't we schedule a separate call? Because then we can talk through what that would look like so that we don't use up your coaching session. But absolutely, I have a system and for working with clients longer. I did not, but I was like, oh, absolutely. Like we can keep working together. (laughs) I was like, that's a problem for later, Nikki. Today, Nikki is just going to schedule that meeting. And it was the first time my brain went, oh my gosh, I have you know, enter, I think I started with a three month package and then I think I extended it to six months, but I never thought about what happened after those three months or six months, you know, at all. (laughs) And I just went, I help you. You're here for three months and then see you later. And so, yeah, Mm. number one, realize you can work with folks longer. Number two is really, if you want to, right? (laughs) There may be some clients that you're like, okay, hit the road, Jack. The time is up. I never want to see you again. Hopefully that's few and far between. But ideally you want to help manage those expectations from the Mm get-go, right? Like if you can say to your clients before they ever start working with you, that you're going to, in this container, you're going to help them with you know, problem A, and then what will likely happen is challenge B, which you will help them with in the next level program once they kind of get through. Even just managing expectations that way with clients is a game changer. You can say, hey, let's work together for this first six months, and then we'll reevaluate where we are so that we can decide if we want to continue at the same schedule or make adjustments. Just languaging it that way Hmm. sets the expectation in a client's mind that they're going to be working with you longer. Because the second you put a time limit on it, they have a time limit in their head, you have a time limit in their head, and it's harder to retain them. So that's number one. And then the second piece of this is really about delivering a freaking amazing experience. Because if you aren't focused on client success, client happiness, clients aren't going to stay with you, right? They're not going to stay even if they have a great experience or especially if they don't have a great experience. So you want to make sure that you're delivering from that perspective. Yeah. I love that. There's so many comments I have on this, like our internal mantra at Brand Builders Group for our membership community is utilization equals retention. If they're not using it at some point, they're going to say, why am I paying for this? And it's like, our number one job is to ensure that one, you use it And two, that you get results from using it. But if you don't use it, then at some point, like there's, they're not going to pay for it anymore. But it's, you know, we talk about this all day long, up, down and all around about the importance of step one, they cannot enjoy what they do not use. So they have to use it. And then we have to ensure that they love it beyond imagination, right? It's the goal. But you said something in there around just language. And it made me think about, being, you know, a former coach and consultant prior to Brain Builders Group, like one of the things that was so challenging for me is, you know, I did all of my own lead generation and marketing and sales. Then 
you get the client and it's like, okay, now I have to mentally transfer from business development mode to, you know, quality content, quality value delivery mode. And then it's like, at some point you got to be like, no, you can't really leave the sales part over there. The sales has to come along with you so that you're always reiterating, hey, like this is part one of our time together. And this is the initial terms of our agreement. And let's talk about continuity plans and a maintenance strategy and all of those words that once you transition from business development mode into delivery, you forget to use because you're now you're so focused on providing value. But what I hear you saying is like, no, we got to have that part of this into every single conversation so that you're priming people to be with you way beyond those initial terms. Absolutely. And most people think even if they have somewhere in their presentations or their group program or whatever it is that they're delivering a conversation about the next level, oftentimes it's either too late or not frequently enough. Mm -hmm. And so I've had clients that said, hey, you know, only a small percentage of people that were in, we'll call it like level one of their program did level two or the next level. And my first question is, how often did you talk about it? How did you position it to them? Did you bring in examples or, or case studies from folks that are in that program? Did you make it sound like it was a must do for them? And oftentimes I hear, oh, well, in our second to last call, I brought it up and then I brought it up again in the last call. And I'm uh, like, whoa, people decide <laughs> it's way too late. <laughs> really, I believe those conversations should start in marketing, like before they even swipe their credit card or, you know, transfer money, you should be having conversations about staying with you throughout a long-term relationship. And so I think that's number one, but number two, get comfortable with speaking about it often and using those language, like continuing to work with you, or after you hit this milestone, here's what's next for us. And speaking about that all the time, just helps people know that they're, you're both in it to win it. It's kind of like dating, right? Like if you're dating someone and in your mind, you've planned your wedding and they're just like, ah, let's have some fun. It's probably not going to go well. So you want to clearly communicate your marriage plans early on and make sure they're comfortable with it before you even get to the wedding. Maybe not exactly like dating, but But I, I totally agree with that. It's, you know, but I think the part of it is most people bring it up too late. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it's very similar to dating. Like I had this nickname, I can't believe I'm sharing this, but in college, my nickname was the one date wonder. And it's like, because I was like, and I don't think I'm going to marry you. I don't need to go on a second date with you. <laughs> you know, it's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, I was like already thinking like, now listen, I am dating to get married, not to have fun. So you're not the one. Bye. You know? And it was like, but it's a little bit like that. It's like, be upfront about it and talk about it from the very beginning. Like I remember I literally told this one guy at the end of like, I think I went on a second date because I wasn't sure. And I was like, well, this is our last date. And he goes, what do you mean this is our last date? And I'm like, well, you're not the one. So this is our last date. And it's a little bit like that. If you don't have those conversations early, it's too late. And it's like, now it feels like you're back in a sales conversation. And on the client end, it's like, okay, well, that's weird. Cause you know, I've been working with you for, six months and we have this relationship. Now I feel like you're selling me again. When all you had to do is tell me from the beginning, Hey, this initial six months, here's what we're going to be working on. And then we'll talk about the next six months. If you set those expectations early, it never feels like I'm re-entering a sales conversation. It always feels like, Oh yeah, you told me, you told me that every single time we talked and now here we are. So it's like the more you talk about it, the easier it is. 
Yeah. For both people. For both people. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I love that. All right. Now, and now referrals, which I think, in my opinion, most people just don't do. Why they don't do it? is beyond me because I do it way too much. I'm on the other end of the spectrum, but it's like, I think people don't know how to do it. So what I would love for you is to like, what's the best way for people to go about getting referrals from their clients? Because I think that everyone knows that in theory, they should be doing it and yet they don't. Yeah, I think step one is to really just in your DNA and in the company's DNA, be comfortable and set that expectation and almost that mindset that our clients are going to love us so freaking much. They're going to refer other people. And that this is a community where people just want to bring their folks into. And you have to start there because I think so often, you know, business owners, you have so much going on. I've had early in my business, I obviously forgot to even retain my clients, let alone I stopped marketing and I've been in marketing for like decades and I like forgot to market while I was delivering. I just stopped marketing. So you just forget things go out of your mind. And so you want to just put it back in there and set it as an expectation. Like we get client referrals, our clients refer us. And again, that's a conversation that you can honestly start in the marketing. Like you can say things like, we're so excited for you to join this community. And we want to make sure that it's such an amazing experience that you're bringing your friends in. We want this to feel like a family. We want this to feel like a community. We want that, like you just talk about it. And so you set that expectation of referrals from the beginning so that when you talk to your clients about it, it's not weird, right? Like (laughs) you want to start there, but then you also want to bring it up often, right? Like I have someone who I work with, and we talk about how they're going to ask their clients for referrals next time. And there are multiple ways that you can ask clients for referrals. Some people have Facebook groups. So you can say things like, hey, who is somebody who you know would get a lot of value out of our programming? Invite them into the Facebook group. Hey, we're doing a challenge. Who can you share this with? Oh, the challenge is over, but we have the replays on a page. Here's Mm -hmm. the link so that you can share it with anybody that you can think of. And so step number one is making it really easy for people to refer, right? If you have a membership portal with a training, have a section on referring people, right? Like make it so easy where people just have to click a button or copy language or something like that, right? Number two, and this I always think of from BNI, and I think you were in a BNI back in the day too, and I was in BNI back in the day. I was a disaster. I was like, I don't know what I do. <laughs> but here's my card. Give it to right. everybody. <laughs> Just, I can tell you what I don't do. Give me a list of things that I don't do any of that, but I can't tell you what I do. But for those who don't know, BNI stands for Business Networking International. And what happens is you'll have a local chapter and you'll have people that all have different businesses. So they can't be competitors. But the idea is everybody's referring business to each other. 
And so this tip came from my experience in BNI, which was really getting crystal clear on the person you want to be referred into the program. Mm -hmm. Like you need to describe what would somebody hear someone say to know that they're a good fit for your program, right? Like if you are, I'm going to just see weight loss and it seems to just be the easiest example, but if you're like, oh, I'm looking for a woman who is in her forties or plus, who is saying that no matter what they do, they just can't seem to lose the last 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. That's really clear. Right. So you want to have a crystal clear picture for someone to go, oh, I totally know someone like that. And then the next thing I will say is once you have a clear picture, asking people, ask them for one person, Mm -hmm. right? Can you think of one person who is 40 plus, who is, you know, been trying to lose those last 20 pounds and can't seem to shake it? Then their brain starts filtering through, oh, who's the one person? And oftentimes they'll think of more than one person in which they may give you more than one. But if you ask them for just one, it focuses them. If you ask them for anyone, their brain's like, I can't think of anyone. That's everybody I've ever met in my life. That's too big. But if you give them a specific number, it makes it easier for their brain to kind of process and think. Totally, totally agree. And I think if people would simplify it, they would have more confidence in asking. But I'm actually so glad you brought up BNI. I don't even know if BNI still exists, but if it does, I should look it up. But if it does, if you feel really uncomfortable with this part of your business, that is a great place to like force yourself to learn and practice because everyone is voluntarily signing up and paying to be a part of a group where we're doing this together. And I remember I was a part of it a really long time. And it was like, it's like Toastmasters to me, where it's like you go to Toastmasters, if you've ever heard of that, to practice public speaking in a safe environment, right? It's like the circle of trust. You can be really bad at this in here so that you get better for out there. I feel like that's how BNI is for asking for referrals. And it creates a forced environment where everyone has to stand up and you practice and then it gets a little easier and you practice some more and it gets a little easier because everyone is doing it together. So I don't know if that still exists, but it was so good for me in my early business years to give me the accountability and a safe arena of going, I can suck at this. It's okay. Because everyone's like, it's okay. Just keep going. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> but sometimes we need that. We Absolutely. need that. But I love what you said too about the number one thing you got to know here is you have to know who you want to be referred to. And the clearer you are is only going to help you. And it's like, I, I just remember I was doing a complimentary like mastermind for my girlfriend who runs this sales mastermind. And she wanted me to come in and talk about asking for referrals. And I was like, yeah, can do that. And a part of my surprise training is a lots of role play. And it's like, I can only teach you so much until we're just going to need to do it together. So this lady volunteered and she didn't know she was volunteering for role play. And as you were talking, it made me think like this, my mind immediately went here is I said, all right, I now I need you to ask me for a referral. So just do whatever you normally do. And she goes, well, I am looking to talk to anyone who wants to experience, I think she said rapid weight loss. I think it was rapid. And I paused and I said, I know lots of people. Like who doesn't want to experience rapid weight loss? Like, and she was like, well, who are they? I'm like, but I don't know which one is good for you. Like who exactly? It's like my mind goes everywhere versus if you go, no, I'm looking for a woman 
in their 40s to 50s who has struggled with, you know, obesity for most of her adult life, who's tried every diet under the planet and cannot seem to lose the weight. Maybe there's a medical issue, maybe there's a mental issue, but it is the person who has chronic obesity that does not know what to do. And they tried to solve this for decades. Then I was like, I know two people, right? But that's our work to do. That's not our client's job. That's our job. So my question back to you is for everyone listening, what should people do to get that clear? Like what work or exercises do they need to do to go, all right, now I know who, so now I can go ask. Yeah. I mean, if you already have clients, the first thing I would do is sit down and go, who are the clients that you love working with that are getting results? Like you're actually helping them. And that if you could clone them, you would, right? And then get really clear on why. Why is that person so clonable? What were the qualities about them? Was it where they were before they started working with you? Is it their age? Is it the size of their business? You know, what is it that made them so magical that you'd want to clone them? And if you are just getting started and you don't have clients yet, the cool thing is, is that you're kind of making it up. So it's really a hypothesis. And you're saying you want to be really specific. Oftentimes when people are getting started, you're like, oh, I just want people. So I'll take anybody. But the more specific you can be with your educated guess hypothesis, where you're like, who do you think you can help? If it's someone who is just like you, then describe yourself before you solve the problem that you're helping them solve, right? If it's someone like a client that you had when you worked in another job and it's similar, then describe that company or person, right? But you want to come up with a hypothesis that's really clear and detailed. You don't need to know like that they've lived in a specific spot or or certain things unless you have a local business, but you want something so that someone can go, ah, I know exactly who you're talking about because I could picture that person in my mind. I love that. It's so good. And again, it's like, in my opinion, the key to growing your business or really scaling your business, not just growing it without adding expenses, is you got to learn to be a master of getting referrals. Yes. I mean, that's the cheapest, fastest, most awesome way to grow your business because it's the quickest turnaround time. And you've got internal advocates selling on your behalf, which are your existing clients. What better way to do that? So, all right. Well, I know that we're, <laughs> we can easily run out of time. So I'm watching it. And I have two other really big things that I want to talk about. So, okay, we got these ideas of how we can start to double our business if we just really double down on retain the customers you have, get referrals from the customers you have, and find new products and services to sell to the customers we have. So it's maximizing that existing client base. Now, if you're the leader, if you're the CEO, and in your words, the visionary CEO, how should that person, that role be spending their time if they want to double their business? Yeah. So if you want to double your business, the first thing that I would say that a visionary CEO needs to be focused on, and this is really whether you have a big team or a small team or no team, you have to be clear on where the business is going, right? Like we just listed out a ton of ideas and a ton of ways, right? Which are you going to focus on? Are you gonna focus on selling more to your existing clients? Are you gonna focus on client referrals? Are you gonna focus on having clients stay longer and retaining them? Are you gonna focus on bringing in new clients because maybe you don't have a large existing client pool, but you have to choose the path, right? Like which direction is the boat rowing in and where is the boat going? 
And that level of clarity is so important for every person that touches your business, even if it's a volunteer, a VA, you know, your child who's helping you with social media or a big team. But you want to have crystal clear clarity on where the business is going for the next 12, you know, or 18 months and the general pathway that you're using to get there. Or if you have a definite plan, then the plan to get there, knowing that it may have to shift and adjust as you're implementing. But that's number one. If you don't have clarity on where you're going and the direction that you're going in, like how you're getting there, you'll end up just trying everything under the sun and not moving anywhere. Yeah. Just even like with the three things we talked about, we started with like, those are three standalone components. It's like, don't do all of them at the same time. Pick like, what's my strategy we're going after? Have the plan. You know, it's like, what do they say? It's like, always start with the end in mind. Yes. It's like, you got to know where you're headed so you can figure out the path to get there. Now the Covey's habit number two. It's my favorite one. <laughs> you know, it's good, but it's, but if we don't do that, yeah. you know, it's like, we're frantically looking at yesterday and today and we forget to look at tomorrow because there's a lot vying for our attention, which kind of leads me to my next question, which is you said there's five must-haves yeah. for seven-figure business owners to double their business. And I think I really would like to know what those are. Yeah. So <laughs> one is, so you have the clear pathway and this also falls under the visionary CEO's peer view is you have to have a freaking magical offer thing that you're selling, right? Mm -hmm. Because usually if you're going to double your business, you're probably not going to spend all of your time on like 10 different products. That's just not effective, efficient. Focusing is key. So whether you're having some clients buy more or you're just trying to keep them in a program longer, you have to be really clear on what is it that you are going to sell. Maybe it's two things that will make up that revenue. So you have to have clarity on the offer. Then you have to be really clear. Number two is like on who that offer is perfect for. Because depending on the size of your business, you might have a couple of different types of clients and a couple of different types of programs. And you may really need to sit down and go, okay, where is the biggest growth opportunity coming from? right? Is it selling a $97 program where you might need to sell thousands or millions of them to double your business? Or do you have something that's higher ticket that you need fewer people, mm. but if you can get the right people, bam, you're doubling your business. And so you need to know who the heck you're selling to, right? So super clear offer, super clear person, target audience for that offer. And then you need to have a really clear message and positioning for that offer so that the person knows why they need it, especially if it's a new offer for your existing clients, or if they're staying longer, why they need to stay longer in this thing, right? Or if it's referral, why they need to refer other people to it, like what's in it for them. But your messaging has to be clear. And I want to like sit with that one for a second, because I think so many people are like, my thing's not selling, my thing's not selling, it must be the thing. And oftentimes, it's the person that you are selling to still has no idea what it is that you're selling. I mean, I cannot second that enough. Like I second that 1000 times because we both live in this industry and the business of doing what we do. I cannot tell you how often when someone tries to explain to me what they do, I go, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. And I think one of the things that I have discovered from just doing this as long as I have is that they actually don't know either. They haven't done the hard work to go, this is actually the problem that what I do solves. And this is how it solves it. 
And so they struggle to articulate it because they think it solves 10 problems and you can't explain 10. You have to explain one. And the other thing I've run to, I don't know if you run into this, is people try to start being catchy and clever and, you know, trendy and cheeky instead of just being clear. And oftentimes it's like, oh, that sounds cool, but I still don't know what you do. Like you need to speak to people like they are five years old. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was writing my book, I listened to a podcast and I forget who said this. I really wish I can give them credit because it was so helpful for me. They were like, look at the books that sell the best. And it's like Harry Potter and Fifty Shades of Grey, right? I think at the time. And they were like, these books are written. And I can't remember if it was like a fifth grade reading level or like a seventh grade reading level, but it's like, it's not an advanced reading level, whatever it is. It's like, it's not an advanced reading level, but they sell so well because so many people can understand it and can Mm -hmm. picture it and can get it, right? It's clearer to people if you don't have it at a super advanced reading level. And so I made sure I was using tools to make sure that every chapter in my book was written at a grade level that wasn't too fancy, wasn't too cheeky, wasn't too much, because somebody needs to be able to understand it. And so you want to make sure that like a five-year-old or at least a fifth grader can understand what it is that you're doing. And if they can't, it's probably being described in too complicated a way. That's good. Simplify. I love Simplify. it. Simplify. <laughs> Keep good. it simple, love sister. It. Like, That's good. Please. I love that. Yeah. And then the other thing that I would say tied to the tips, just because this comes up often, is sometimes people think they know who their target audience is because that's either who's purchased from them in the past or who they have a big audience of or who they want to help. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're the perfect person for their offer, right? Like I have a client who has an amazing dashboard for helping entrepreneurs truly know their numbers and make decisions based off of their numbers that stuff is way too complicated for the people that she's been selling it to. Like they get it when she's there in her program and she's training and developing them. But when I was at that level, I mean, I looked at numbers, but not like that. This is for someone who has a lot of like team and a bigger size business and really has a lot of people making decisions so that they're all on the same page. And so even if you've had some success selling something to someone, it doesn't mean they're the perfect person for it. So you really need to hone in on like who is truly the perfect person for this offer, right? So the offer, the person, the message, and then you really, if you want to double your business, you need a simple strategy. What's the game plan? Keep it super, super simple. It goes back to before, like if you're using existing clients, which way are you going about it? But more specifically, what is the regular plan to do that? Are you going to invite people to buy more at a live event? Are you doing it throughout the program? What's the frequency? Like kind of do the math and figure out how you're going to get to those numbers and what the game plan is. And the last piece really comes down to tracking everything and being flexible with how you go about things, right? So if you sell something, if you, I'm going to just use the have existing clients buy more strategy If you have an offer that you're putting in front of clients and not a lot of people buy it, then don't be afraid to go back to your clients and ask them, hey, you know, I noticed only a few of you took me up on this offer. The ones who did, ask them why they did. The ones who didn't, ask them why they didn't. Maybe it was that you didn't market it well to the people that are in your program. Maybe they didn't understand the value of it. 
Maybe it wasn't exactly what they needed and what they needed was something else. Bam, then offer that next time, right? Like I think too often people give up too soon. And so the fifth way, if you really want to double your business, it's you just have to keep going and keep trying and keep tweaking what it is that you're doing. And then you'll figure out what the formula is. There's no perfect formula that you can have on paper before you get started. It's a building the machine while you're on the machine, riding the machine down the road type of thing. It's like oh build gosh. the car. <laughs> you know, it's so true. It's like, yeah, it's, it reminds me of that analogy that someone's like, being an entrepreneur is like jumping off a cliff and trying to build an airplane on your way down, right? It's like, it's a little bit like that. But you know what I love about every one of these? And I'm just going to recap these for everyone. It's you have to have clarity on your offer clear on who the offer is for. You got to have a clear message on that offer. You have to have a simple strategy that you can follow and then a way to track, report, and get feedback to make sure it's working. And what I love about all of that, it's, it's simple, right? It does not have to be complex. We're not trying to make it complex. We're trying to make it usable, doable. And you need to do the same thing for your clients, which is know what your offer is, know who it's for, make sure you have clarity on the message for it, Make sure you have a way to actually go after it and then a way to track and get feedback. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, it feels too easy to be true. And most good things in life are. And we as humans overcomplicate everything because we think that in order for it to be amazing and be smart, it has to be complex when the smartest things and the best things are usually the easiest, simplest things in the world. Absolutely. Nikki. And- This has been awesome. I know that we are out of time and it's like, I could probably spend another hour just talking, just like random strategy with you. If people want to stay in touch with you, where should they go? Yeah. I mean, the easiest place to go is to just go to NikkiNash.co. That's my website. And it links to literally anything that is right for you at this moment, whether it's getting access to my podcast or my book or working with me in one of my programs. So I highly recommend just go into the website, keep it simple. Yeah, so everyone, it's NikkiNash.co and she's got an awesome offer on her website with a free masterclass. So we will put that link in the show notes. And Nikki, if they want to follow you on social media, what's your preferred platform? Ooh, okay. I am currently getting really into LinkedIn. So I'm going to say hit me up on LinkedIn. It's really easy. Like once you do the whole LinkedIn and the, slash N, I feel like slash thing. My name's just Nikki Nash on LinkedIn. You can't miss me essentially. And I'll, I'll grab that specific link, throw it in the show notes so everyone can go connect with you on LinkedIn, check out your content and then go to NikkiNash.co. Nikki, mwah, love you. So happy that you were on the show. Everybody else, stick around for the recap and I will see you next time on the Influential Personal Brand. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to 
podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 